0: Hey, it's Jordan. Just a heads up. This episode of The Chill Factory is intended for adult listeners.
1: Sex is a journey. It's not a destination. And there are some cultures and groups of people that really focus on the togetherness part and not on did both people have a mind-blowing, earth-shattering, firework-provoking orgasm.
0: Welcome, and welcome back to The Chill Factory, where we make work, school, relationships, and life less stressful. I'm Jordan Friedman. I had my first lesson about sex when I was eight years old, and it consisted of my friend's older sister yelling down the hall to me how babies were made. Four years later, I had My second lesson about sex, when my health teacher, who was also my gym teacher and the shop teacher and the driver's ed instructor, recited the six causes of an erection, three of which I learned years later were incorrect. Well, thanks to societal progress and the internet, it's easier now to get accurate information about sex, but it remains challenging for many of us to talk about. This episode is a continuation of my conversation with sexual health educator Leanne Hamilton about talking about sex because our general discomfort doing so takes away from sex's potent ability to reduce stress, improve sleep, strengthen relationships, and support happiness. During Part 1, we focused on ways to make talking about sex easier. This time, we're adding in important ingredients that impact sexual satisfaction, including self-awareness, sexual variety, tech, and pornography. Leanne Hamilton has worked as a sexual health educator for more than 35 years, and she's the Assistant Director of Health Promotion and Preventive Services at the University of Arizona's Campus Health Service. She's also faculty at the Mel and Enid Zuckerman College of Public Health and leads human sexuality study abroad programs in Europe. And hang out till the end of the conversation to learn an exercise that makes sex and everything else in life more enjoyable. How's that for a teaser? Why is sex important from your vantage point and why is it so challenging to talk about?
1: no matter what our gender identity is or our sexual orientation we're all sexual beings and that's why it's so important to us and we change over time as do our thoughts, our partners, our sexual practices and our desires and one thing I will say is that sex can be wonderful or it can be disappointing or stressful or all of the above and how important sex is to you the listener out there it really can influence your role in working toward a contented sex life.
0: For most of us, it's not as if sex has to happen in one certain way, and that's it, you're locked into it for the rest of your life. It's a work in progress, and and it's a skill in some aspects that you can improve upon.
1: Absolutely. There are times in people's lives that, They can't have sex, or they're not able to, or they don't want to. And it could be an illness that's happening. It could be a mental state. It could be you know, depression, anxiety. It could be relationship issues. And you're like, I don't want to be close with this person right now. It could be you've got two jobs and you're in school. There's lots of variability. And so sex and sexual activity is never going to be a constant over anyone's lifetime. There'll probably be high points, and there can be low points.
0: You've mentioned self-awareness a couple of times, and I'm wondering if you can talk briefly about self-awareness in the context of human sexuality and one's sex life. And in particular, do any questions come to mind for you, questions that we might ask before we start a sexual relationship of some kind or even in the midst of one, questions that would help us get to a smoother sex life?
1: Wow, that's a great question. It is true. Life is so much about self-awareness. Things can go better the better we know ourselves. So a good question I think would be before a sexual encounter is, what puts you in the mood for that encounter? What gets you aroused? Is that reading erotica? Is that having a bath? Is that flowers? Having, you know, a little bit of alcohol is usually okay, can take the edge off. Is it just thinking about your partner? Is it wearing something that makes you feel more attractive and comfortable with your body? The most important sex organ in any of our bodies, it may not be the ones you're thinking of, whether, you know, that's genitalia or breasts or lips or the usual things, it's our brains. And how we behave with another person when we're in an intimate experience. So a lot of it's mindset and expectations and beliefs and what we bring in to that relationship.
0: I also want to add that sex is like cooking. There are a lot of potential ingredients. You don't always get the balance right. Sometimes you add spices. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes the people at the dinner table love what you made sometimes they're just eh about it sometimes they don't like it at all the great news is it's not the only time you're going to eat and it's (laughs) not the only time you're going to cook there are many chances to improve the recipe and again it's not always going to be perfect even if you are a Michelin 5-star chef. I
1: love that. I think that is so great. And the same could be said I'm you know about going out to a restaurant. Like you might have a restaurant experience that's not your favorite or your greatest, but that doesn't mean you stop going out to eat. Oh yeah. I also want to add in that sex is a journey, it's not a destination. And there are some cultures and groups of people that really focus on the togetherness part. And not on did both people have a mind-blowing, earth-shattering, firework-provoking orgasm. Tantric sex, for example, where the emphasis is on how long can you delay an orgasm and be with that person, really focus on the closeness. So I think it's important to point out that it's not the destination that matters. It's that journey. And how do the two people feel together on that journey?
0: Yeah. Well said. And on the restaurants thing, yes, sometimes the lights are very dim, sometimes they are brighter, sometimes there's loud rock music playing, sometimes it's softer jazz. So there are a lot of environmental factors that are and can enhance sexual experiences. So there really is a lot to play with here, pun intended. Yes,
1: I absolutely agree with you. Those are really good examples.
0: Okay, let's talk about porn and tech because this conversation won't be complete without talking about them. You mentioned that pornography has become the new sex education. So maybe you want to talk a little more about that.
1: Yeah, and it really became more of a presence in people's lives when smartphones came out. Let's just say iPhone, 2007. All of a sudden, images, information were available right at our fingertips. In this country, the average age of exposure to porn is 11 years or less. And porn is really designed to do two things, make money and arouse people. Very good at doing both those things. Different from erotica. Erotica often portrays people in uh, more equal situations where there there might be more romance and such. But porn is really about arousal and and making money. It can help a relationship, but it also can hinder. And what I hear from many people is they'll come and say, "Hey, Leanne, my Partner wants me to do XYZ because they saw it on porn and I'm not comfortable or I've heard many young men tell me that they can't get an erection unless they have looked at some porn because it's so stimulating and then when they're with a real-life person they maybe can't get it up you know there may be something physiologically or psychologically going on but a lot of it has to do with how accustomed people get to being aroused by very very stimulating images It certainly can help people. It can be instructive or watching together with a partner. But some of the porn that folks have been exposed to, here's what it's done. It's created unrealistic expectations in a sexual relationship, whether it's the body parts that are being portrayed or it's the activities that some people may think, oh, that's what I need to do to please a partner or that's what I need to look like. Absolutely not. I think if you're viewing porn, it's a good idea to have some skepticism about the images you're seeing on a screen. They may or may not be real. They may or may not be very common. We know they're going to be arousing, but they may not be helpful or instructive to a real life human to human relationship. Now, I I do want to say that, you know, fantasies, we haven't talked about that, but fantasies and, you know, desires can be great and that can be enhanced, but it, it doesn't always have to be through... Visual imagery, it can be reading things. It can be through different scents or different ways to touch or diff, you know, different things to view. It doesn't have to be on a little screen or on a movie or anything or involve technology. There's so many things in the world that can make people feel desire and, and also at the same time feel good about ourselves. Then maybe it can help fulfill desires that would be otherwise unreachable. So fantasy can be a good thing. I think the important thing is to keep in mind, is this enhancing my relationship or is this harming my relationship? And so to use it to your benefit rather than have it break you down and you feel worse about yourself or your partner.
0: And Leanne, what about tech? We are living in this incredible technological age that is allowing so many more things in all areas of life to happen, including sex.
1: Yeah. And for some, they would say, I want to have just, you know, a relationship with a real life person. But in some cases with distance relationships, um, also with uh, disabilities, different folks of different abilities, there's all kinds of devices that can help enhance sexual experiences, whether that's vibrators, whether that's a, a distance kind of a thing that can stimulate somebody from across the world, or whether that's, looking at imagery that can be helpful and beneficial. So keeping it in a context of, is this good? Is this improving things? Is it helpful or is it not?
0: And let's not forget about video sex, especially Mm -hmm. for people who are in long distance relationships. And I think it's important to say also that uh, for some people, all of this video and all of this tech just doesn't do it. They get more interested, they enjoy it more, they get more aroused. Being in the presence of another human being, similar to Zoom meetings right (laughs) and presentations online, it just doesn't cut it all the time or ever. It's the in-person energy, the looking someone in the eyes, the being able to touch someone if that's what two or more people want. To do So it's important to acknowledge that as well.
1: Exactly. And for some people, yeah, it's a great addendum. It's a great um, supplement to what's going on in other people. You know, it's okay. It's okay if you don't like to masturbate. It's okay if you don't want to use vibrators. It's okay if you don't want to use technology or, or view different things. But it's also very okay if you want to do those things. And that's the beautiful thing about sexuality is there's a spectrum and it can also change. Maybe next month you don't want to do this, but last month you did. That's okay. We're constantly in the process of development and change, and hopefully we don't ever become static. We need to continue to change and grow, and that's, that's what's beautiful about it.
0: You have the great benefit, Leanne, of having worked in this field for many years, and I'm wondering if over that span of time – you have observed different concerns. Have those concerns morphed into something else over time? Um, Are we in a different place today than we were 10, 20, 30 years ago?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. I think the imagination was a beautiful thing and more things were left to our imagination. I often talk to folks now who've been exposed to so many images, positive and negative, and I w- wish for them that they could maybe unsee some of the things that they've seen that sets them up for expectations that may be unattainable or expectations that may be not really desirable for them. We're bombarded with images and there's not much left to the imagination anymore. Uh, but I think there's more expectations now because of the fact that we've seen so much more than young lovers did years and years ago and got to explore and experience together. And and on the other hand, I think sometimes people expect folks to be fully accomplished and know everything there is to know about sex when it's still a work in progress.
0: Really interesting. Leanne, before we part, is there... One overarching piece of advice that you would give our listeners, give the world, when it comes to sexuality, and I know that's a big question because there's so much to talk about.
1: We need to start talking to our kids about relationships and love long before we do, because too many people grew up not knowing about a very basic human function and we're all sexual beings and the more we know about how our bodies work and how to uh, respect boundaries communicate needs the better off we will be the more we know about what's healthy what's normal what's possible what's good for us the better sex we can have the better informed we can be and the fact that people find out about sex it doesn't make them want to go do it sometimes they're like hmm i'm not ready for that or i need to think about that So I think it's great that you're having a discussion about how to talk about sex. And I would encourage your listeners to talk to the people in their lives, whether it's a partner, it's a sister, it's a niece, it's a grandchild, it's an uncle, you know, it's okay to talk about this and we need to do it more.
0: Leanne Hamilton, sex educator and health educator extraordinaire. Thanks so much for coming by the Chill Factory and helping us talk about sex.
1: You bet, Jordan. Thanks for having me.
0: Leanne Hamilton is a sexual health educator, and you can learn more about her in the show notes or on our new and niftier web presence at thechillfactory.net. You'll also find episode 40, which is the first part of this conversation, Good Sex Reduces Stress. Another helpful ingredient during sex is mindfulness, or being in the moment while you're doing whatever it is you're doing. Being mindful during sex is easier for some because there are fewer distractions thanks to an intensity of feelings that focuses one's attention on what's happening right now. But for others, performance, body image, and other anxieties and concerns that I talked about with Leanne make sex less enjoyable and therefore less of a stress reducer. Here's an exercise you can do to build your mindfulness muscle. It's not sexual, but it can definitely be applied during sex or while having conversations, listening to music, exercising, or doing just about anything else. It would be helpful to have a drink of water or a bottle of water. And if you don't have that, you can use your imagination and then try the exercise the next time you have something to drink. Slowly bring the glass or bottle to your lips and just focus on what the object feels like against your mouth. Now just take a little bit of the liquid into your mouth and focus on what it feels like on your tongue. Is it cold, refreshing, room temperature, enjoyable? Now using your tongue and your cheek muscles move the liquid around in your mouth. How does that feel and what does the liquid sound like as it's bouncing around in your mouth? Now swallow the liquid and again focus on what it feels like as it moves down the back of your throat. I'm guessing that you don't drink or have sex or do other stuff with that level of attention. Few of us do, but I'm hoping that you felt and saw how paying attention in this way can increase the enjoyment and intensity of experiences. Being mindful is not so easy or natural, especially with all of today's distractions, but practicing mindfulness can make it easier and therefore more beneficial. Mindfulness is just one of the 10 stress and anxiety reducers I teach during Quick Calm, my self-paced video workshop that will be 40% off during December 2022. Why? Because Quick Calm makes a great holiday gift for you and for stressed people in your life. And if you're a coach, teacher, counselor, or another type of helping professional, my Stress Coach you self-paced video course will train you how to use and teach stress and anxiety reduction techniques to others to make your work with them more successful. Because stress and anxiety get in the way of learning and progress. Stress Coach U will also be 40% off during December 22, and we'll put links to both Quick Calm and Stress Coach U in the show notes. Use the coupon code DECEMBER22, all lowercase, at checkout to get your 40% discount. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow The Chill Factory wherever you listen to your podcast, so you'll know when new episodes are available. And there's always more at thechillfactory.net. And as Andy Warhol said, everyone needs a fantasy.